Hey guys, this is me, Steven Laura, and welcome to Ultimate Awesomeness. And here I am bringing you a series finale review of Legend of Korra, The Testament of Understanding. Now, as here is how I'm going to set the review. I'm, I'm leaving out the introduction because uh, I think it'll be kind of too long. It'll make the video review a little bit longer. So if you want to read the intro, and how I got to the series, you can go to the website reviewsofultimateawesomeness.blogspot.com and just click on the Legend of Korra review there. So um, the way I'm going to discuss this is maybe I'm going to discuss it from the last episode of Legend of Korra. I'm reviewing that. And then I'm going to review the overall fit of view of the series itself from one seasons one through four so it would be the story what I liked what I didn't like and then I'm going to go to details on the Korasami relationship what I thought of it and then I'm gonna go talk about the themes and then what I think of the the overall of the finale what do I what do I think of the finale of the episode and I'm gonna give you the overall analysis of the series itself so yeah that'll be pretty much it that's how I'm gonna go through it so I hope you guys could bear with me and enjoy this video review I'm gonna do so here it goes for the story as the destruction of a public city continues on, Korra and her friends are finding ways to take Korra and her colossal army down. Now I'm going to be talking about what I did like about this episode. The way Legend of Korra ended, ended as a true masterpiece, it ended really well. Even though I felt it wasn't a perfect finale, I still found many great things about it. Like the battle between Korra and Korra. I thought it was an amazing battle. And it was nice to see both characters struggle to defeat each other. It didn't look like neither one of them was overpowered more than the other. They're both fighting equal terms of skill, and I felt like I felt not anim not that many animated series can do that so well as they can. The only problem with that battle was that it was kind of a little bit short. Kind of wish it did a bit more, but I kind of thought it was over. I thought. I did think that was a good battle overall on what they did. And uh, it really demonstrated how much skill that these these two characters have. It's not like Korra was much more stronger than Korra. They were both dodging attacks. They were hitting each other a few times, but it seemed like there was more dodging each other's attacks more than actually hitting each other. And it's mainly because they're both skilled fighters and when there's fights with skilled people that are more on equal terms, it's kind of hard to actually get a hit there. So I kind of like that they demonstrated that in there. Now, another great moment I liked with this episode is with Mako. When it came to the, the the moment when he was taking down the machines, 
I thought it was a great emotional bond between him and his brother. Because it felt like it felt like for me after even after everything they went throughout the series they they still believed in each other and still thought they just I mean like Bolin didn't want Mako to do this alone he wanted him to try to get out of here in time and you know, not for either one of them to die. I kind of thought that was a good emotional moment. And I know a lot of people didn't like the way it turned out. I heard over the internet. They would have preferred Mako to die. But I think the writers were trying to determine Mako's strength. And it would have overshined another character's great moment. Especially with Osami and her father. Which is another great thing I actually liked about this series. I love the closures Osami had with her father. It was great for for him to decide to have a moment of redemption. It made me truly forgive him after everything he did in the first season. It really conveys that a bad man could truly change by seeing the effects of his actions. That caused so many that I mean what his actions has caused to so many people, even his daughter. And I thought the animations in this episode was very solid too. The colors were very ramp vibrant and the motions of the characters were smooth and fluid. Especially when it came to the battle of Guerrera and Korra. It was visually well done and one of the best battles I've ever seen in this series. I also liked the electrical powers that were shown with Mako when he was fighting the machines. So overall the animations really demonstrated the power that each character had in them. Now I want to talk about what I didn't like in this episode. And one of the most difficult things that I didn't like about this this whole entire season is truly understanding Guerrero. And seeing her actions I mean seeing and seeing if her actions were justifiable. Many of the times they kind of, they often contradict each other, even in, within the season finale. They even, became, they even made it more evident to contradict her actions further. Over the season, she seemed like a Doctor Doom X character. Even despite the green colors, she wanted world peace, and she felt like the only way it could happen is under one rule. And I felt like it started coming to question she wanted peace by enslaving people to build weapons for her and she was even willing to kill people who who didn't want her loyalty it made her a bit different than dr doom because he never went that far to get to his goals and anyways it seemed like the writers were trying to make us synthesize with her when it came to her answering why she wanted her ideals was because her people or people in general to go through being orphaned or disowned by her parents because of their talents and not to live in fear of vulnerability. It felt like the writers were trying to make us care, especially how Cora looked into her eyes and tried to understand her good reasoning or intentions. But I could not feel sorry for her the minute she said 
she didn't want her people to be feared or vulnerable because she did make her, feel, her people feel fear by enslaving them and forcing them to obey her loyalty, which makes them vulnerable. See, that kind of contradicts what she believed in. I honestly think they should have focused on her being contradicting in nature. And the only way I feel like they could have done that is seeing some of her past. So that in some way we can see her mind being tormented. Thus making us feel sorry for her. That she's unable to see how her actions affect her people. And uh, I think the best example of this is with Kingpin in the Daredevil TV series. It's a great example of how we can feel sorry in some level with a man. But at the same time, not feel totally sorry because they are so demented that their actions contradict their morals and ideals. The contradiction isn't really the problem for her. In her essence, her contradictions is what makes her more human. I just wish she had more time to explain the flaw in detail and make, and make us understand the character a bit more. And another failed attempt at this series I thought was the battle the, the battle with the Colossus. I honestly felt the characters went through unnecessary ways to defeat the Colossus. It really didn't make sense to dramatize all this cool stuff if it ended up causing a lot of destruction or death in the end. Instead they, I, I, instead they could have just had one team distract the front and the, uh, and the other to distract the back. Then let Korra freeze the classes and use the robots to make bombs or blow up the thing inside. The reason why I thought that this, I thought of this because the Colossus was way too slow to turn itself around, and I felt like the distraction could make it a very easy target without much destruction. It seemed like they wanted to make the battle more elaborate instead of being tactical, and I also think. Guerrero should have built something more maneuverable and fast moving so it can actually be more difficult to defeat. There's also one more thing that always bothered me a lot of the series. I felt like Asami was, re was really underdeveloped in terms of her tech skills. We never got to see her go to her full potential what she could do with her technology. To me, it felt like it was an obsolete version of Soka, and they failed the chance to explore those skills during the <coughs> during the Battle of the Colossus. They could have shown what she learned from her father, and they I felt like this is her chance to show that she was able to lead the company after her father was arrested. Don't get me wrong, I do like the Sami character development in this season with with Cora's relationship and her growth as a character in general but I felt like they never gave, <coughs> gave her a chance to shine or hold her own when it came to skill. She oftentimes felt very am amateurish even when it comes to other characters and maybe this would have been the reason to make her more compatible with Cora. Now I'm going to talk to you about the thoughts on the Korra-Sami relationship. And uh, 
over the course of the series when I heard people shipping Korra and Asami as relationship, I always had mixed feelings about it and I kind of sometimes do still to this day. Mainly because of the way it was perceived in the show. It really looked like it was embracing an intimacy level and the value of best of best friends. Something we rarely see on TV because American culture likes to perceive it as taboo or gay to see a friend of the same sex holding hands, hug, or share feelings with each other. And when I saw this happen in Legend of Korra, I saw the total opposite. I just saw two friends only understanding each other as best friends and never thought of crossing the boundary of kissing or having sex because they know they're not meant for each other. It's the boundary that sets best friends or lovers apart from each other. It's very much like my friendship with my best friend, for instance. We're both gay and we both are males. We have hold hands and hug and share feelings, etc. But we never cross the boundary because we know our, dis our likes and dislikes can make us inc incompatible with each other. We really don't have much in common when it comes to what kind of activities we like. And that's how we can't give each other what the other man can give. The main problem with this message is that it gives Americans a false idea of friendship, of having an intimacy problem of level without being gay about it. But overall, I've grown to accept the idea, and I loved it because it brings us another message. It allows us a chance for gays like me to have a place in American animation someday in the future. And finally get rid of that false idea that it will influence our children to be gay. Let's just face it people. People can't be influenced to be gay because of TV. In all honesty, for a man and woman to already have gay thoughts is automatically gay. There's no other way around it. And this is coming from a gay man himself. You have to be either born or developed gay naturally without environmental influences. Hello is the main reason why a small population is gay instead of everyone because this is something that's easily gained by looking at it. Now I want to talk about the theme of this season and I felt like the theme of this season was the theme of this season I felt is understanding because we or the characters themselves go through the entire season trying to understand people with many different different perspectives. And we all see what it's like to be under their shoes and try to synthesize this with them or see the justifiable reasons why they go through these dark paths. Like for example with Cora, we see her being physical and mental or emotional, emotionally handicapped by the end of season 3. But once Season 4 begins, we see her distancing herself from her friends and the onset trauma of the fear what Zaheer put her through. It really made me understand that because I went through the same thing going through depression. When we and all the <coughs> often when we go through depression, we often distance ourselves from people we care about and at times we can't feel or can't move move physically or mentally or or even sometimes become emotionless. But eventually, when we see a friend that actually cares and be there for us, we change our perspectives and make better for ourselves. 
which is what happened to Korra when she kept running to Asami. Asami never gave up on her, and it made her realize that her friends and family still needed her or cared for her no matter what. And we see how many times Sue was never there for her family, even when they needed her, thus it separated Lin to never see her again. But eventually we see them try to talk to each other, and Sue tells her she was just young and naive, and she didn't realize her being delinquent affected her family. But she did change herself to become a better person. So once Lin realized that she has become a better person, they finally got along and put the past the put the past behind them be, behind them. I I realize this part was in season three, but the two characters re reconciled their relationship with their mother in season four, so I guess you so I hope you guess my get my point. When they came to Asami and her father, we see them understanding each other on why they should fell apart. And Asami talking to her father every day in prison. Once they truly forgave and understood each other, it, le it leads to a path of redemption and sacrificing themselves to defeat the Colossus. This scene even tested our limits when it came when it wasn't clear when we saw how Korra and, and Korra come to terms and how they were very similar to each other. And Korra being opened about her past made Korra understand her, which led to forgiving and giving her a second chance. And this is why I chose understanding as the theme, because it's, it's the understanding that truly leads to changes between the characters. And I felt was the main focus of these relationships. And I also feel is the main focus of these relationships. And I also feel they were testing us to see if we understand these and many other relationships as well in this season. Now as for the ver now, as, now as for the verdict. Overall, I give this finale 9 out of 10 stars. I thought it was an amazing finale that brings character development, action, and beautiful imagery into one episode. Into one episode. It truly makes this American animation into a masterpiece. And I could go on and on on how much I love this series. But I just want to say yeah, I love the I love the, the great rivalry between Carrera and Cora. It really proved how similar they are when it comes to to determination and they never want to stop what they're doing until they achieve their goal. That's what made these two characters great and we also get to see the redemption of Sato, which made me think that it was a, that he was the greatest villain of all time because he finally saw through all his faults to make himself the hero. It always amazes me when I see villains go through the light because it shows the true potential of what a human can go through. I also love seeing the build up throughout the whole season of Mako and Bolin. They truly show their brotherly love with each other and they really put through in helping each other out no matter what obstacles try to overcome them. And finally, it's great to see, depending how you view it, the, the friendship and the love for Korra and Asami to go through many hardships and still find ways to understand each other. This series has a great ending that delivered great art and animation, but it has its downsides as well, like making Korra into an unsympathetic villain and character development based on skill for Asami and not so good tactical battle against the Colossus. But still, this finale is amazing. Is amazing for anyone to enjoy. It's really enriched and powerful in every way. Now, for the overall 
not for the overall score of the entire not for the overall score for the entire series as a whole I would give it a 9.7 out of 10 stars Legend of Korra has been a great series especially with the final season the character development is so amazing because we see all the characters change and grow and this is one of the very few that makes the supporting character just as important as the main character this series is one of the very few that make the supporting characters just as important as the main character. This is one of the very few cartoon series that makes the supporting characters just as important as the, as the main character. None of them depend solely on Korra to achieve at anything, and that's what I like most about this series. Bolin is my all-time favorite character. Mainly because he's very much like me, very funny, charming, and shy kind of a guy. But in time, he grows into a very confident guy with the ability to do lava bending, which is something unique of his own. And it makes him a very strong character. You know, it makes him to a very strong skill set for the team. And there are others like Mako, who's who's a terrible with who's terrible with women but has a very unbreakable bond with his brother and becomes a great leader and a, and a detective for the police force. We also get to see great character development and sisterly bond between Lin and Sue, who grew from hating each other to understanding and loving each other. We also see brother and sister bond go f grow from Tenzin and his siblings as well. Even for characters like Asami, we see her growing from being a vulnerable person who loved Mako very much but she eventually becomes strong and gives good advice for Korra, which leads to a strong romantic relationship. There's another great relationship dynamic with Varitek as well, because he went from being a nauseous jerk who orders Julie around to do the dirty work and a very charming guy into a very charming guy who actually loved Julie. Once she was gone, he finally realizes the faults of his actions and changed him with one of the best things which was which was one of the best things about the character. And most of all, you see Korra get beaten over and over again emotionally and physically by the end of season 3. But she eventually managed to build enough strength and rise to the top to beat the villains in any civilized way she can. But even though there was many great characters, characters getting developed, there are others who were left in the gutter and trashed aside. For example, we see Jinora and her spiritual abilities and getting along with her father in season 3 but once we got to season 4 she gets tossed aside and never gets a chance to see the full extent of her abilities in battle even Kai goes through this too he eventually learns from being a thief to be a good kid who helps out others but after he becomes that character he just goes behind the scenes and doesn't really do much that's happened to a lot of characters in season 4 there were too many newly introduced characters, especially with the airbenders, to flourish or to get anywhere with them. I honestly feel like 13 episodes each season certainly wasn't enough for the show. For the show's ever-growing characters with their skills and personalities. Maybe they got, maybe if we got 22 episodes like the previous Avatar series, these characters would have gotten more developed, at least a little bit more. We also didn't learn more of the old characters in the past like Zuko, Kataro, even Sokka. We have no history as to what happened to them. Many of the old characters have no involvement in the main story and 
very much left to dust as cameo like Rogue. That's why I'm hoping there will be more and more great stories coming from Dark Horse Comics. Because I sometimes feel like Nickelodeon limits on how much character development or the story can expand on. But for the show to have so much character development than any many other shows, the variety, so it's a really minor issue with the series. And another great thing, and another great thing that is that how each season has a political theme that relates to human history and types of government. Each villain has something worth fighting for. For example, a mom wanting equality and ban all people from any type of bending because ego is unfair to anyone who couldn't bend. Long had examples of civil war times because he wanted the spirit world and the real world to live together. But people were split with two sides on why the spirits should live with them. And Korra had find ways for people to accept them. And, and, and Korra had to find a way to, for people to accept them. Zaheer had a theme of having, having total freedom with chaos because he was tired of having order from the government. And he felt the go without government, it would be a chance of having peace. Carrera's thing was dictatorship. She wanted the entire world control under one rule and enforcing peace throughout the world. But she, she had a strong contradiction by enslaving people to do her dirty work for her. This is why I feel it's one of the best animated TV series because they focus on things that many series don't focus on that can relate to the real world. The political the political things were very strong point here, and, I, and they really go hand on hand on what people's opinions about the government and how she should live and have equal rights. It really works on what's happening currently in this world. And one more thing I'd like to add is the animation and the fighting scenes for this show. Many influences of the art star, I mean, of the art styles and fighting were very anime-ish. They even have a comedy-based episode that focuses on many chibi tropes that anime uses on the fourth season. It wasn't my favorite episode, but it was a because it was a recap. But the anime style hum, but the anime style humor made it more entertaining, and it didn't mind it as much. The characters are even drawn with anime-looking eyes as well from both series alone. One thing I love about the animation in the series was the high quality of graphics and color use. It really just demonstrates the true art of animation. The true art of the animation. The fighting scenes were anime influenced, mixed with comic book art style fighting as well. Many of the scenes had kung fu or martial arts fighting and, and were kind of over the top, but in a good way at times. And I felt like watching Dragon Ball Z, but better. For example, when Sahir was fighting Korra, there was a lot of rocks being thrown around, charging and rapidly punching. It's one of the main reasons why I consider this series as an anime. There are many things to go on by about the series, but it always leaves me wanting more, and it's why I'm happy that they are having more Dark Horse comics consuming both series, which is pretty good so far. I suggest you read the books. They are really out I suggest you read the books that are already out there if you're a big fan. You'll really enjoy them. Also, also if you're one of those who haven't tuned into Legend of Korra, I, I strongly suggest you you should because this world is so rich with great stuff. It's really a world worth worth investing in.
Alright guys, this is, that's the, uh, that's all I have for, for Legend of Korra, that's pretty much it. So, um, I hope you really enjoyed this review. So, um, as for things that are coming out pretty soon, I'm going to try to have the Season 2 of Daredevil this, this week, or probably next week. And I'm also going to try to have a review for Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. And then I might have the review for Batmite as well. So I hope you guys look forward to those. And uh, I'll talk to, you, talk to you guys and see you then. Later.